Welcome to Inside Maine. This is Angus King, and we're coming to you today from the Capitol in Washington. And I'm going to have a discussion about the all-important subject of bipartisanship and how we can work together to get things done down here. And my guest is one of my favorite senators, Republican Senator from Alaska, Lisa Murkowski. Uh, Lisa, uh, great to have you join us. And uh, yeah, tell us all about how we're going to fix all these problems down here. <laughs> ah, yes, if it was just left to the two of us, Angus, I think we could figure figure this out. But first of all, let me thank you for the opportunity to be with you and talk to some of the fine folks in Maine. I think it's important for people to understand that in, uh, in the Senate here, we've got a lot of official business that is conducted, but we also uh, have the opportunity to get to know one another a little bit as friends and trying to understand where they come from, their states. And you and I joke that we're kind of the bookends. Uh, you're bookending the East. I'm bookending the West. Uh, we've got uh, mutual shared interests in all things Arctic, and uh, it allows for opportunities to work together. And as you work together and you find out that you actually like working uh, together with these people, um, it it allows you to kind of get through some of the some of the tougher issues, the problems, you know, the cut through the politics when you realize that um, I actually like to work with this person, and and I, I think he is motivated for all the right reasons, and and um, with a little more of that kind of not only collegiality, but I think just respect for where one another comes from. Uh, I, I think we can get a lot done, certainly more than, than people would, would think. But it takes well, work. Uh, well, I, but I want to take off on, on, on what you pointed out right at the beginning, because as you may know, Lisa, I worked here uh, literally 45 years ago as a staff member. And one of the things I've noticed that has changed is that in those days, most of the senators lived in Washington and they went home, mm-hmm. you know, once every two or three weeks there, but their families were here, their children were here. They went to school together. They commuted together and they developed relationships of, of mutual confidence and trust. And I think that's one of the things we're missing now, as you know, uh, pretty much everybody goes home on weekends. Uh, and when we're here, it's, it's all official business. And, and it, you, you can't, I, I believe it's very difficult to resolve contentious issues unless you know the people you're dealing with and trust them. Uh, you, you know what I'm, you see what I'm saying? Oh, ab- absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, we, you can work through hard things without knowing people, but it certainly makes it easier when I can understand that uh, the, the issues in, in your state um, um, maybe I, maybe I don't fully understand what it means to be in, in a in a state that has, um, say, for instance, a manufacturing base. As Alaskans, we don't manufacture a lot, and so to understand what that means from your perspective, to try to to try to walk in your shoes a little bit, um, is is what we need to try to do. But hey, the easier thing to do is just say, I assume. I believe I know what goes on in your state, and so therefore I don't even need to try to get to know you. Um, it's the getting to know you part that takes a little bit of time, but it is well worth the investment, and I think you see that pay off. You talk about a, a history in the Senate when you were here. Um, my father served in the, in the Senate 
uh, representing Alaska prior to, to me being here. And, and he tells the same stories. And as a senator from Alaska, he went home at recess. He went back to the state at recess, and that was the only time. And, and so you, you did develop those relationships, um, uh, not only you with other members, but your spouses. Um, and it was, a, yeah. it was a, different, a different environment. It doesn't mean that we can't recreate that. It just means that we do have less time uh, to do it. One of the things that, that um, I certainly have noticed the benefit is when we have an opportunity as, as members to travel uh, with one another um, on, on the uh, congressional delegations. Uh, I've, I've led many um, uh, to, to the Arctic, and, you know, you get to know people when you're kind of right. – uh, Around well, I've, I've I've been I've made a couple of trips to Alaska with you, which have been fantastic. I'll never forget the day we we literally drove our cars uh, down a river on the ice to get <laughs> to a, a village. That was the only way to get there in yeah. the winter time. And and uh, uh, you know you there's nothing like seeing things firsthand. But by the way, uh, Senator, uh, you owe you owe Susan and I a visit to Maine. So we got to make yes, that happen. Yes, I do. Sometimes. <laughs> yes, I do. I it, I feel feel just really dilatory, um, not <laughs> having ever made it up to Maine. So uh, I'll take you up on your offer. All right, good. Well, I I want to uh, the our constituents think that everything is is friction, everything is uh, you know the word toxic is often used in the press, and I think it's important that people know that this place may be. I call it institutionally polarized, but personally, uh, there are still relationships, and we do get major things done that rarely get any attention. For example, as you know, at the end of the year, uh, under your leadership, we got through a major energy bill that's been uh, backed up for years, and uh, we we got it through as part of the final package that went through uh, just in in December. So I think it's important for people to know that every now and then we can get major things done and it's not all uh, fighting and, and, uh, and deadlock. It's not, but um, unfortunately um, when there's good news, it doesn't always make the news. And so if there's a little bit of contention and controversy, that's what, uh, that's what you might see play out. And it is unfortunate because I think it does lend to this impression that we are just where we're always stalled out, that it is a vile and a toxic atmosphere. And, 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 and really, uh, I, I can honestly say that the, that the men and women uh, of the Senate that work here, uh, there is not one that is a slacker. There's not one that doesn't work hard to represent the people in, in their state. Uh, they're smart and uh, they're really extraordinary people to, to, to work with. And it's not, it is not easy though, uh, even though you're working with hardworking and smart people, it's not easy when you're working through contentious issues. We, well, um, well, you and I on the well, energy you- committee know that we get a lot of we get some issues that are tough, but we we kind of built on a reputation of we're going to work it through in the committee. We're going to work it through together, and we're going to come up with bipartisan proposals. And this was how we were able to move through our Energy Act um, 
because we incorporated the good work of so many on on both sides of the aisle and took right. their good ideas. Everybody's got a good idea. Well, let me let me ask you about a case study because you were involved. In fact, the dinner that started the bipartisan group that ended up leading on the last coronavirus package at the end of December started at your house. Mm-hmm. Give us a little color about how all that uh, happened, and, 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 and then we'll talk about where it went from there. Well, you'll remember right after the election, um, we, uh, we were back in session, and the, the, the prospects for another round of COVID relief were, were really dim at that moment. There was just so much. It had been a difficult and contentious uh, election, um, and, and a great deal of, of just uh, fallout from that election, I think, that just had, had stalled any possibility for, for relief. And yet people back home were desperate for it. Certainly in my state, they were desperate for it. And so casual conversation on the floor about what are we going to do to get this off center? And you realize that this was not just a small group of Republicans that were talking about it, but it was folks on both sides of the aisle. So the suggestion, uh, I was talking with Mark Warner, and I said, we need to meet. And he said, well, let's go to a restaurant. I said, you you know, we we, we get a bipartisan group of people at a restaurant right now, and uh, by the way, it's COVID, so we're all outside, and, and it's, this is not a quiet place. Come to my house. And I offered the house because I had room, and I said, uh, you get to buy dinner because um, I'm not going to be cooking. And that was how we started out that bipartisan uh, effort, brought in uh, four Republicans, four Democrats, and just basically visited about where we were and what we thought we could do to help um, advance the, the, uh, the discussion about COVID. We didn't know whether or not as a group um, we, could, we could really come together because we're pretty a diverse group in terms of uh, political philosophies and views and, 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 and tenure in the Senate. Um, so, we didn't know whether it was possible, but what we built on that first evening was a, uh, a trust in open, direct conversation with one another that we were going to say what needed to be said, and we were going to figure out if we could make it work. And what we were able to do from the proposal that we advanced, a bipartisan proposal that was really, really hard to get to, um, it was the basis for for the final um, the final COVID relief package uh, that we were able well, I, to advance I, I, at the end. I, I think it's fair to say, and, and I don't want to sound like we're taking too much credit, but things were really stalled. I think it's fair to say if we hadn't pulled together that that uh, bipartisan proposal, there would have been nothing uh, because the, the leadership, just neither side, they weren't talking to each other. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, the, the, the president uh, at that time, Donald Trump, was sending out little little like, you know, $2,000 or something, but nothing comprehensive. And, and so, uh, but I, I don't, I don't think I ever remember being on zoom and conference calls more I mean, over Thanksgiving and uh, <laughs> the weekends in early December. But uh, I think that was an example where we, we, we got somewhere and it was a, it was a fairly, uh, it, it was, I'd say it was a moderate group, but it wasn't, uh, 
you know, we had uh, Rob Portman, yourself, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, and then Joe Manchin, myself. I, I like to, by the way, I like to point out that four of the 10 uh, who ended up doing that package are from Northern New England. Uh, I did uh, know Maggie Hassan, yeah. Jean Shaheen, myself, and yeah. Susan. And we'll add you. You know, the, let's, let's just say the northern <laughs> tier uh, is go. where the common sense resi- resides. Uh, that clear, and, clear air. That's it. That must be it. Uh, so I, I think that that's an indication that it can happen. But it's hard. We're, as you know, we're working right now to see if there's a possibility of something bipartisan on a on a COVID on, a, on another COVID relief package. But the the gap between what uh, your folks on the Republican side are talking about and the and the White House is is pretty wide. It's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to bridge that. But I know that there there are some active discussions going on. So you know, maybe uh, maybe we can get there. Well, and I think I think the fact that there are active discussions going on that uh, I think that that's really important. Uh, not only active within uh, the group that has now grown in size, doubled in size, um, uh, with the administration here, but again, if you'll remember, Angus, we when when we were working through the early stages of what can we do. We, we were pretty far apart in certain areas. And, and in fairness, at the end, with our proposal, we decided that there were two areas that we just could not resolve. And so we had to, we had to basically stand down on them. And I, I think that was, that was a good reminder to me that, yeah, um, it, it, it can be very hard, but if this is something that must be done, let's just figure out how we're going to slog through it. And, and to your point about the Zoom calls, you know, you, you remember we, we had that dinner and then it was about a week after or shortly thereafter where we broke for the Thanksgiving break. People were all over the country uh, trying to spend time with family. And, and where are we? We're on yet one more Zoom call. Um, but I think <laughs> we recognized how important this was and how necessary it was that we provide relief for for people across the country. So well, it was I, not like, okay, well, I got I got family things. I gotta I gotta stop doing this. Um, we stuck we we stuck with it. Well, I remember a a lengthy meeting uh, that I can I, I can't tell you how long it was in in hours and minutes, but I can tell you in miles because I was on my way down back to Washington from Maine. And the meeting lasted from the George Washington Bridge to Delaware. Um, so and I remember yeah. that very well. Uh, well, well and the but fact you, that, what, that the house guys were always in their cars with every Zoom meeting, it seemed, seemed like, like it. They, were, they were calling in from their cars. And I'm like, this is a level of dedication. You know, people are in transit. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to be participating. That's, that's dedication. We're going to take a quick break, but stay with us. We'll be back with Lisa Mikowski, Senator from Alaska, and one of my partners in trying to move things forward here in the Senate after just a short break. See you in a minute. Welcome back. I'm with Lisa Mikowski, Republican Senator from Alaska, and part of our bipartisan group that's trying to move the Senate off dead center. Uh, and I'm glad to have you back with us on Inside Bain. Thank you. 
Well, I, I think the the question is where do we go from here? And then you, you and I were on a call this morning, and uh, you pointed out that uh, there's discomfort involved here uh, mm-hmm. when you're trying to do something because you're not going to, by definition, almost you're not going to satisfy everybody. And uh, we could very well end up with a solution that uh, hopefully would get 60 votes, but would lose votes on both sides of each caucus, mm-hmm. and that that may mm-hmm. be where it where it has to go, but it is uncomfortable. Uh, uh, but uh, that's our job, I guess. It, they, as they say, if it was easy, it would already be done by now. But um... <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, but stay with us. We'll be back with Lisa Mikowski, Senator from Alaska, and one of my partners in trying to move things forward here in the Senate after just a short break. See you in a minute. Welcome back. I'm with Lisa Mikowski, Republican senator from Alaska and part of our bipartisan group that's trying to move the Senate off dead center. Uh, and I'm glad to have you back with us on Inside Maine. Thank you. But again, you know, I think what we need to do with, with this rescue proposal, the COVID proposal, I think it's important that we be looking critically around the country and saying, where do we see families that are hurting, what kind of relief can can be most helpful? Uh, where and, and how do we do a better job in, um, in, in the testing and the contact tracing and, and getting the vaccine out? Um, I, I think we need to be attentive to the task, and the task is, is our country is still sick right now with COVID and our economy is hurting and how we can be responsive is, is, is really what we need to be uh, keeping how, our, how, our has, eye on. how has COVID affected Alaska? Have you had uh, serious cases and hospitalizations and deaths or yes. uh, because of your relative isolation, have you escaped uh, the worst of it? Oh, Lordy, I wish that we could say that we had escaped the worst of it. Um, our numbers overall um, are, are, are relatively low, but again, we've got a small population. And, and again, we have communities that are very remote, very isolated. And, and, and when there is a case, uh, the, the virus is spreading quickly because uh, I'll, I'll give you a very specific example. I'll try to be there's a village by the name of Tuluksek, 400 people in the community not connected by road. It's not, wouldn't be too dissimilar uh, to what you saw in Oscarville. The only way to get there this time of year is by snow machine and, uh, 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 and, and small airplane. Uh, one third of the community uh, is, is, has tested positive for COVID. Mm. The, mm. the little health clinic there has one healthcare worker and she uh, she quit after exhaustion about uh, two or three weeks ago. Uh, the water uh, treatment plant in the village burned last Saturday and oh, no. burned to the ground and took the washeteria, so there's now no place to, to, to take a shower or to wash your clothes, and there's no water. Um, and, and, and you've got the disease that is moving through a village that has limited housing, and so people are, are crowded in. It's a, it's, a, it's a terrible, terrible situation. And it's exactly what we fear most in a place like uh, Alaska. Um, the, the good news for us is that we uh, are, 
are number one in the country in terms of of uh, getting the vaccine out and into the arms of Alaska. Over 11% of the population has already see received their first um, vaccine. Um, and we're getting out into the villages. They're literally flying small, small uh, planes in. Um, sometimes the planes come in on skis and people will, will come up to the, to the airplane get into the little airplane and, and get their shots there and then uh, go back on snow machine. It's, wow. it's uh, uh, you know, you, you're doing what you're doing to get the vaccine around, but um, we have been impacted and uh, it's not just the COVID, it's the shutdown to the communities. Um, uh, all of and, our, and, of our and tourism, tourism, tourism in the summer is a big deal for you, right? That must've been heavily impacted. Well, we haven't cruise seen ships. a cruise ship, cruise ship in Alaska in 16 months, and that's where about over over 70% of the tourists who come to Alaska uh, come by cruise ship. We expect over over 2 million tourists last year, and uh, you know they just didn't materialize. So our economy has been just brought to its knees between the hit to tourism. Uh, the the hit that we've seen in our oil and gas sector uh, up north because they've had to uh, limit operations as 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 COVID response, um, and then our seafood workers, um, where you're in in uh, facilities where it's very difficult to do the social distancing, and so uh, how they have been able to to move forward with the fisheries in in light of COVID. Uh, it's been pretty devastating to the state. So um, we have great interest in, in ensuring that relief uh, continues in a, in, a, in a way that is targeted and helpful. And um, things like PPP, for so many of our small businesses, as I'm sure they are in Maine, also heavily tourist-reliant. Uh, if, they, if they hadn't had the PPP, uh, we'd, we'd be seeing so many of our businesses shuttered. Oh, yeah. So. So much well, left to do. Before before we close, let's go back to to how we get our work done around here. Um, we're moving in. We got a new Congress. We got a, a, a about ten new members. We've got a new president. Uh, the parties have switched uh, control in the Senate barely. Uh, do you do you see us moving? Do, do you? I'm going, to, I'm going to ask for a fearless prediction. Do you think we're going to be able okay. to work together more successfully, or is it going to be uh, uh, each side sort of trying to dictate to the other and we end up with gridlock? You know, I think it's going to be hard. I do think it's going to be hard, but I also think that because it is a 50-50 split, I think we're going to realize that this is not this is not a dictate to 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 Chuck Schumer that he can just do absolutely everything all the time, um, nor uh, to Mitch McConnell that his sole purpose um, in, in the Senate is, is to, to, to obstruct and, and to, to block and tackle. I think, there's gonna, I think we're going to realize that when you are a 50-50 Senate, we're, gonna, we're forcing ourselves, we're going to have to force ourselves to figure this out in a more um, cooperative way, but I think maybe in this in these early months we're we're still we're still trying to sort through some of this, um, but uh, I think 50/50 is going to bring about 
more partnerships than people are are thinking is going to happen. That is my that's my hope, and uh, I'm, I want to be right. Well, I hope you're right too, and because it's really the only way we're going to get anything done. Uh, uh, now, you know, there's a lot of talk about the filibuster and what the future of the filibuster is. And as you know, there are a lot of voices out there saying, just abolish it, telling the Democrats, just abolish it, use the nuclear option. Um, but my concern, having been both in the majority caucusing with the Democrats and in the minority caucusing with the Democrats, is that you have to sometimes be careful what you wish for. Uh, and that if the 60 vote margin goes away, yes, you can probably enact more of your agenda, but so can the other folks when the shoe's on the other foot. That, Angus, that is such an important point, and it needs to be repeated all the time. If what we're trying to do is enact laws and advance policies that are going to be enduring, so that businesses and investors can look at this and say, okay, this is, this is the direction that we're taking here, then you've got to have some level of bipartisan support. I'm not saying everything needs to be unanimous, but it is made better and it is more enduring policy when it is, it is, it's more representative of that broader scope that bipartisanship brings with it. And so this is what, this is what our economy needs. They want a little bit of stability here. They want to know what can they count on. And so uh, doing things just because you have the, 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 the votes, you, you're muscling it through, doesn't mean that uh, you, you're advancing anything that's going to be enduring. And, and I think we need to, we need to consider that as, as, we, um, as we do our work. But I think but I can tell you as someone. You're a partner to work with, Angus. And, and <laughs> we'll I, will, keep at it. I will brag. I will brag on you um, as my as my bookend from the East Coast that um, it is about relationships and the conversations that you um, you build and the respect and the trust that comes with uh, with all of that and uh, being able to whether it's work with you like we do on the, on the Arctic caucus, um, whether it is what we've been doing in, in the energy space or, or now what we've been doing with our bipartisan um, uh, group and, the, and, and working on COVID or, or your involvement in leadership and things like no labels, these, these, are, these are ways that you break through. Well, it's it's we we have to keep trying. That's for sure. I got to I got to tell you, Lisa, I will never forget walking behind you into the Senate chamber one day four or five years ago. And I I have an interest in the Arctic. Of course, you're, Alaska has has border on the Arctic, but Maine has an interest because uh, if a ship comes from Asia through the through the Arctic Ocean, the first ports they're going to reach in the U.S. are in Maine. And we see this as a part of our uh, sort of a back to the future to our seafaring heritage so anyway i was walking behind you and, and we were going up the stairs onto the senate floor and i said uh, uh lisa i i would like to be the arctic senator and you turned around and looked at me and and uh in your charming way said no angus you can be the assistant arctic senator <laughs> <laughs> I, i've never forgotten that and i i'm perfectly comfortable with that uh with that uh, designation uh, well, Lisa, I, I really appreciate your time today and the, and 
let's hope we can find a way forward. Uh, I, I, I think, um, and, and, you know, this business about get, about the filibuster and whether we get rid of it really depends on both sides. I'm, as yeah. I expressed, I'm very mm-hmm. reluctant to, 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 to vote to end it. On the other hand, if, if Senator McConnell takes a total obstructionist position to stop everything and, you know, want Joe Biden to fail as president, then that forces people like me and others uh, back in the other direction. So it's it's really a two-way street on this, and I hope we can get to the point where we don't even have this discussion. We can routinely uh, get to bipartisan solutions. Well, and I actually came to the Senate, and you worked um, around this body decades ago, but I, I, I came when the filibuster rules were the same, but the way that we respected them is what has changed. And I think Yeah, it wasn't um, it wasn't used so much. It was always there, exactly but it wasn't that. used on every it bill. It was always there as a tool in the toolbox and we have I believe we both sides have have abused it in more recent years. And and that's on us. Um this is not as I say this rule has been out there for a long time. It's how we have chosen to utilize it and the multiple, multiple times that we have done so um, in, in ways that I think some of the, the, the members who had been around for a long period of time, you know, Senator Ted Stevens was in the Senate, I think if, if he saw how, uh, how we operated with, with, with regards to, uh, again, some of the rules that had been respected or the tools that had been respected in the past and now how they were being used for, for, um, for delay and, and to obstruct, um, uh, I think they wouldn't even recognize uh, the Senate. And I think well, they say that's uh, on us. Let's, let's, you and I and, and our other colleagues, let's, uh, let's start a, a, a movement in the other direction to get to the place because the American people just want us to solve problems. They don't care about all this stuff. Uh, you know, they want, they want the vaccine and, and they want some help and they, uh, they want to get through this, uh, this crisis that we're in. And, and uh, I think if we can deliver, uh, that's the most important thing for the whole institution, whatever your party mm-hmm. is. Uh, mm-hmm. So, We'll, uh, we'll we'll keep at it. Well, Lisa Murkowski, uh, Senator from Alaska, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. And uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep on keeping on, aren't we? We are every day, and uh, uh, we'll do it with with a view towards just doing right for the people that we work for, doing right for the country, and um, doing it in a way that's respectful towards towards one another. And uh, again, know that I appreciate and respect the, uh, the opportunities that I have to, to work with you. Well, thanks. Great to talk to you. And thank you uh, for joining us on Inside Maine. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>